are the content rebels. We've got zero time for busy work that masquerades as marketing, and we're done with losing the impact of our big message just to satisfy some SEO or social media algorithm rules. This is a show about marketing for established soloish entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships with clients online. Join me each week as we make your content work for you. Hey, hey, friends, how are y'all all doing? Uh, by the time you're listening to this, I will hopefully be into a good routine with our homeschool rhythms back in. Right now, we are not there yet. So yeah, there's some big hopes here. And uh, big hopes are kind of probably how most internet people feel about building their list. There's big hopes we can start adding people weekly, monthly, maybe even daily, right? And there's probably some big disappointments that go along with those big hopes, unfortunately. We're going to be talking all about list building today in this modern age, and we're going to be a, make it kind of like a you know audience building ask me anything, because these are actual questions I've had audience members and clients ask me very recently. So we'll call this the list building, audience building FAQ. And uh, to go there, though, we have to take a few detours because... Most of the advice on list building out there is complete garbage. Yes, yes, the internet personalities out there are lying to you. They're lying to me. They're lying to us as a whole. And I don't say that lightly. I don't. But the reality is they they are lying to us. And they're saying list building is just fine. It's maybe a little harder than it was 10 years ago, but it's just fine. And you can do it because they did it too. And to go there, we have a second detour. Don't worry, we will get to the ask me anything questions very soon. Actually, let me tell you what they are real quick. How do you build an audience with engaged people? How do you build one quickly? And how do you even know who's in your audience? So those are the questions I will have answered by the end of this episode. Before we get there, though, that girl next door thing that I did it so you can too. We need to do some debunking there. But in addition to debunking it, we need to cover some TLAs. Yes, my friends, three-letter acronyms. I am not the army, so I am not going to live and die by these TLAs, but they've been kind of coming up in what I've been saying for a little while here, and as a result, I think I just need to disclose them. So we're going to go through a short list. It's going to take a few minutes, and I'm hopeful that you will enjoy this as much as I enjoyed putting it together for y'all. First, Right here, I want to give credit where credit is due. My friend Tara is a wedding photographer, and we, years ago, were on the same Facebook group for a bunch of female wedding photographers. And, you know, we talked about a lot of life stuff, not just business stuff. And one of the things she mentioned at one point was how much she loved her Hallmark Christmas movies. And we had a huge digression into that world. I want to say this was 2016 or so, but at the time, she started her own Instagram account just for this content. I want to say it's bad.xmas.movies is like the actual handle for the Instagram account. So I'll link it in the show notes. Don't worry. If you want to go hear Tara's hot take on all the Hallmark movies from eight years ago, more power to you. (laughs) But uh, regardless of that, she was so delightful, you know, witty, sarcastic, Uh, a little bit spicy at times, right? And she included all these little TLAs for the characters. And uh, the girl next door, the GND, I'm pretty sure I lifted straight from her. So thanks, Tara. Appreciate it. I know we've lost touch out of the wedding world, but uh, 
you're still in my thoughts. Anyway, the girl next door in our world, in the world of providing services online and running businesses online, is the girl next door. She's the friendly internet personality, you know, kind of like the the Marie Forleo wannabe type, right? And she is most guilty of appearing super approachable and saying things like, I know, I know, I did it, so you did it too. And uh, without jumping on my, uh, you know, quasi-liberal platform here, just because someone else did it does not mean you can do it too. You might have leagues of privilege beyond what they have. You may have a entirely different mindset or personality that makes you absolutely incapable of doing it too, or at least doing it to the way they did it. You guys have all heard my, you know, miracle morning rant, how no, I couldn't just get up two hours earlier than my kids because they were waking up at 5 a.m. after I was already sleep deprived. No, it did not work. And I was not going to be successful if only I could wake up two hours earlier than my children. There's reasons the girl next door gives bad advice. So that's the GND. Rant aside. Next is the hot take personality, the HTP. They show up regularly with their spicy take, but, uh, you know, it's not always actually real relevant to their business or what they're doing. And maybe you don't even know what they're actually doing because all they're posting is their hot takes on things. Next is the NNB. I really wanted to call this one the 99 bro. But that was five letters for five spaces and, you know, it just didn't fit the mold. So this is the NNB. They are the people who show up on Twitter or, excuse me, it's not called Twitter now, it's X. They're the ones who show up on X or LinkedIn with some version of this hook. 99% of internet marketers are doing this wrong, dot, dot, dot. And then they go on to tell you why you're wrong and their magical way is the only way this will work. So you better follow them and buy their course or hire their services or, you know, what have you, right? That's the NNB. And then the next two, they have some similarities. So I want to point out their differences as well. The HNWs, these are the head nodding watchers. They totally like what you have to say. They're probably supporting you, liking your stuff, maybe even commenting, but they're never going to take action. If they get anywhere, it's because they finally decided to hire it out. But um, they sure do like what you're saying. They're very supportive. The next one's also really supportive. That's the NCLs, as in not clients. These are your actual internet friends. Maybe they're people who love what you're doing, but they have no need for your service. Maybe they're your your referral partners. They stay in your audience to support you, but they're never going to buy from you. So they're also very supportive, but uh, the reason they're not going to buy from you is very different than the H&Ws. All right. This one should be pretty easy to figure out. The CBAs. Course buyers anonymous. These are the people who keep buying courses and they rarely start them, certainly even more rarely finish them. And it's not to say finishing a course is the the holy grail, but they're not even getting out of it what they thought they would. They just get a thrill out of feeling like they did something for their business. You know, that by buying something, they magically solved the problem, right? They're also not going to be taking a whole lot of action, but for very different reasons than our previous two. All right, moving on. We are almost done, my friends. The whack-a-moles. They are constantly jumping from one tactic to another. In whatever community you're in, you know this person. They're the person who's like, well, that didn't work. I'm going to try this next thing. But they never fully flush out why the first thing didn't work. So then the next thing doesn't work either. It's a new tactic, probably a new investment, but uh, it's not making their business. It's just breaking it. All right, last one. And yes, this is my favorite This is the RSA, the Revenue Screamers Anonymous. 
They love talking about their income claims and how much they made from this launch and how much revenue they pulled in last year. But they're not disclosing that they're paying their VA $6 an hour and the rest of their team 20 bucks an hour. And if they are disclosing it, they are defending it to their death, saying this is totally ethical. It's okay. Those people just haven't pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and started their own business so they can make more money when they do so. I have huge problems with this, if you can't tell. I don't consider that an ethical way to run a business. So those are our RSAs. These are the internet personalities in various different forms who are lying to you. But since this episode is all about list building, let's talk about the ways they are lying to you about list building and audience building, since that's so closely related, right? Your list for reference is your email list. This is the list of people who have opted in, and I say that with emphasis for a very good reason, to your world. They want to hear from you. They want to know what you are saying about whatever you're talking about. And there's a lot of instruction, shall we say, out there on how to build a list in today's modern age. I would like to point out, I think I've already said this, but I want to point it out again, that is garbage. Most of what you see out there is garbage because very specifically, these GND girl next door types, they are telling you what worked in 2014, maybe even 2012. And uh, just in case that feels like it's not so far away, I don't know if you guys have seen the internet meme that, you know, 1970 will always be 30 years ago for some of us. Um probably people who graduated around the year 2000 like me, right? Uh, 10 years ago was a long time. Uh, Obama was still in office. My 11, almost 12-year-old was still in diapers. I haven't dealt with diapers in three solid years at this point. Like, <laughs> that was a long time ago. And anyone talking about the tactics they employed 10 years ago is doing you a huge disservice, if not outright misleading you. And the reason for that is in internet years, 10 years is like 50 years. 50 years ago was actually 1970. And, uh, you know, there was an oil crisis. People were still wearing bell bottoms. Like the internet years of 10 years is 50 years ago. I'm just going to leave it at that without too much elaboration there. What worked in 2012 and 2023, they're very different things. And I say this because I was in and I will name this name. I was in Amy Porterfield's uh, list building course, whatever you want to call it, in 2014 or thereabouts. That was about 10 years ago. And the advice she's giving hasn't changed a whole lot. It's go make a lead magnet, run ads to it, borrow your friend's audience and get them to talk about your lead magnet for you. Uh, it's all variations of the same thing. But even though that can work, and yes, it can add a few, a handful of people to your list each week, it's never going to do what they say it's going to do, which is adding 500 emails a week to your list. It's not 2013. That doesn't work anymore. And and here's the real hot take. I'm falling a little bit into that HTP trap here, but here's the real hot take. It didn't even work in 2013. They all built their lists off their strange little fiefdoms. You know, they have their little mastermind. They all paid $50,000 to get into it. Or maybe in 2013, they only paid 20000 But, you know, they've got their little internet friends and they all borrow each other's lists. They did it both unethically and ethically. The ethical way is affiliates, right? You have a big course, you run a big affiliate push, and 
If you don't know this already, some of these affiliate programs are huge. Some of them, like the person sending the most people to the course, they win a car, like an actual motor vehicle, not like a motorized e-bike. You know what I mean? There is big money pushing around these course situations. And uh, that is one way to build a list. You're getting your 20 closest big list friends to send five, seven, 10 emails about your big launch to their list. And uh, those people are now on your list too. That's what they did back then. They also, and I do know this is a fact, some of them just sent the Excel spreadsheet of their list to a friend. Are we opting in for that? We are not. Can I name names here and prove it? I have no evidence. But, you know, when you know a number of service providers who have been on the teams of some of these people, you find out some of the dirt and that is some of the dirt. So they built their lists which probably have, you know, 100,000, maybe even 200,000 people on it now, they built their lists off sharing their friends' audiences. And maybe they are getting a nice steady supply of new people joining their list via their lead magnets, but that's because they already have this content flywheel going. So I don't know if you know these, like, you've seen them, of course you know them, but these little, like, you know, desk ornaments, I guess you might call them. It's like the perpetual motion ones you push the little bead into the big group of beads in the middle and it pushes one out on the other side and then it pushes back into the big group and pushes back to the original one. And once you start it, they don't stop. They just perpetually move. That's the flywheel. It takes a lot of work to start pushing. It's like if you're, you know, pushing a merry-go-round, you know, you start slow, but then you gain a little momentum, you go fast, and finally you let go and the merry-go-round, it keeps moving. The flywheel is like that. So they might be gaining a lot of people on their list from that flywheel, but it's because they started the flywheel with these big affiliate pushes or borrowing their friend's list. So you can build your list doing it that way, but it's a slow and steady way. It's not a fast 500 emails a week way. They built it off JVs and affiliates. And if you don't have that same leg up to start that way, you may be left feeling like, hey, I don't want to be the H&W. I don't want to be the head nodding watcher in your audience. But Brittany, how do I build my list if all of that is a lie, if that isn't going to work for me? And now, as promised, we're finally getting to the AMA portion here. So how do you build your audience with engaged people? Thing number one, you make good content that people want to engage with. And I will argue you make content that actually causes people to think. Because when they start thinking about you, you toss around in their minds. You have created like a rent area in their minds. They might not like it, but they're thinking about what you had to say. And the longer they think about you, the more likely they are to subscribe to your email list, the more likely they are to follow you on social media and become a part of your audience. So that's thing number one you can do to build an audience of engaged people. Thing number two is acknowledging that engaged people require something to engage with. And that means creating content that's not boring. It means creating content that steps out of the sea of sameness, rises above the noisy world that we're all living in today, and gives them something to remember you by. Now, our HTP, our hot take personality, they might say that you aren't going to like this like I am here, but they're not going to tell you that part. They're going to be like, you aren't going to build an audience with engaged people on the old ways because they're all eyes, just like I said. But they won't tell you this next part, which is, create better content for people to engage with. The GND, of course, as we've already covered, they're going to say, this worked for me, you should do it too. And they may give you a couple of methods that have worked for them. 
I will honestly tell you, I have participated in a number of summits, bundles, and some free giveaways. I will honestly tell you as well, some of them were much better than others. And you may have to trial and error here. If you don't have a trusted person to say, yes, that's a good summit, or yes, that's a good bundle, you may have some that you participate in that don't reap any real rewards in terms of building an engaged audience. I have measured my results from multiple ones, and some of them were fantastic. They were also run by people who were very organized and had a really good promotion arm to their own business. Some of them have been complete duds where, you know, five people ended up on my list and then unsubscribed within a month. That is a real thing that happens with all of these. So if someone's saying this worked for me, you can make it work for you too. Just consider the source, right? Are they childless and have an actual 40-hour work week? Are they someone who has had a business for 10 years and they're building off the momentum that their business has already had? Are they somebody who, you know, says I wouldn't be successful if I didn't employ my miracle morning every two hours before my family woke up? If you're not someone who can do that too, does that mean that you can do the rest of their marketing stuff just like they can too? Consider the source. This is a grain of salt situation and you have to make that decision for yourself. So that's question number one. Question number two is how do you build one quickly? Uh, Our HNW, they would be like, right on, I want to build one quickly. But then they would never do the actual work required to do this. And, And this is the hard truth here, right? How do you build one quickly? In my opinion, you don't. You can build an audience quickly. You can pay for followers. You can do a summit and gain 500 people over the course of a month. But whether they're engaged or not is up to how you did all of that. And usually those kinds of people are not very engaged. Some of them may become. And you may decide from a business perspective, it's worth it to you to make that happen. But, but, this is a big one, it might not be quickly even so. And this is probably not a big surprise coming from me because I preach and talk a lot about how content is a long game. Starting a podcast, don't do it if you aren't willing to commit a few years to it. We've heard people say that. We understand the concept of it, but are we really willing to do the work? List building is the same. Are we really willing to commit to the long game of building a great list of engaged people? Whether those people are buyers or not, are they engaged? That is the question. And in my opinion, that won't be quick. That will take time and investment of time matters here. All right, third question, and we are almost finished with this, my friends. How do you know who's even in your audience. And uh, I'm not even going to be subtle about this. This is a plug for the content ROI dashboard because it is the only way I've ever had a complete look at who's my audience across the board. There are other ways I've employed, like sending a survey out to my list. There um, are ways you can help your list pre-segment themselves before they even join. That's how, and I've talked about this in the past episodes of this podcast, how I found out that people in my list who happen to have courses don't consider themselves course creators. They still consider themselves service businesses, right? So like you can do those things, but it's really having a dashboard with all of your audience places in one place, whether that's, you know, LinkedIn, your email list and Instagram, for example. That's my big audience grouping right there. Having it all in one place. Now our, um, you know, our course buyers and anonymous people, they might be like, eh, do I really want to buy this? I've got IG analytics. Like who needs more than that? I mean, I would argue that you do. You definitely need more than that. But why do you need more than that? 
Is your Instagram audience just one segment versus who's on your email list? Are you weighing your Instagram audience's opinions more heavily because you happen to see their comments more often than get replies to your email newsletters? These are all big questions, and these are questions we can answer looking into the data that the content ROI dashboard provides you. And uh, that is the end of my plug. If you've already heard about it and you don't want it, that is cool. If you are interested, drop me a line. That's it. So yeah, who's in your audience? You know, our whack-a-mole friends, they might wonder if it's even worth putting time into looking into who this is. I would say if you want to create great content, great content that's not boring and really does stand out and resonate and, you know, bounce around in the minds of your audience so that you can have that engaged audience we talked about earlier, to do that, you do need to know who is in your audience. That's why we need to know it. So friends, I hope you enjoyed this. Those TLAs, they're probably going to be popping up in future episodes. Don't worry, I'll always remind you what the definition actually means. But the thing is, these are the, the archetypes of people we see on the internet. And there is a certain archetype that loves spouting off advice about how, you know, if you only build your list to 20000 you too can make $100,000 each month. For a frame of reference, that's our girl next door mixed with our RSA, our Revenue Screamers Anonymous. I don't like them. I don't like them at all. I think they are misleading us and they are putting our goals astray. Anything worthwhile is going to take time and anything worthwhile is going to be a little bit hard. Parts of it may be easy, but parts of it are going to be hard. And list building, audience building, it definitely falls into that category. If you have other tactics that you do think will help us build our audiences quickly or not, engaged for sure, I would love to have you on this podcast. Just last week in the mastermind I have been a part of, uh, one of the members was like, so what's actually working in list building today? And the general consensus was like, same things that have always worked, putting the time in, creating great content, and making sure that when you do add someone to your list, you are giving them something amazing in return. But if you've got more than that, I would love to have you come on the show. Reach out. The podcast website has a nice big box on it that says nominate a guest here. You may nominate yourself. Please, please do if you can contribute to this conversation because I would love to have you. I want our audience to grow in the right ways and I want your audience to grow in the right ways too. Bye for now, friends. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week. Bye.